Today's reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. I care very little, however, if I am judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not vindicate me. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us not to go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over another. For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. How I wish you really were kings so that we might be kings with you. For it seems to me that God has displayed us apostles at the end of the procession like prisoners appointed for death. We have become a spectacle to the whole world, to angels as well as to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, but we are dishonored. To this very hour, we are hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are vilified, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer gently. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. Even if you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. That is why I have sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which is exactly what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only what these arrogant people are saying, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Which do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod, or in love, and with a gentle spirit? This is God's word. Some Christians have a regal view of the ministry. That is, they see pastors and other ministry leaders like monarchs. They look up to us in some ways, so they think that everyone must honor and respect and treat us with reverence. What nonsense. Paul continued here in 1 Corinthians 4, correcting the false ideas the Corinthians had about ministry leaders. Paul and Apollos were not in competition with each other, as we saw in chapter 2 but rather were partners together in God's work, as chapter 3 says. So here in chapter 4, Paul says, Think of us as servants of Christ, in verse 1, who must be faithful, in verse 2. Instead of living like modern-day royals, then, Paul said we ministry leaders are fools for Christ, according to verse 10. Instead of being put up on a pedestal, we are paraded like prisoners of war, according to verse 9. While some people treat us with honor and respect, that's not the norm. Instead, people curse us, as Paul said in verse 12, 
and we are slandered, as he said in verse 13. People think we're the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, as he said in verse 13 also. Being an elder is not majestic. It is not easy or particularly fun most of the time. When we are mistreated, we have to respond in a godly way, not the way we might want to. That means when we are cursed, we blessed. When we are slandered, we answer kindly, as we saw in verses 12 and 13. Most of the people in our church are very kind to me. But some people over the years have said some of the most unkind things to me or about me, and sometimes even in public meetings. But enough about me. Given what you know about ministry, don't you want to become a ministry leader? That's where Paul turned in this chapter. Despite the pain that ministry leadership can bring, Paul wanted to build more leaders. The Corinthians didn't have enough fathers, as he said in verse 15. They needed more. So Paul said, I urge you to imitate me in verse 16. He also sent Timothy to them to remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with everything I teach everywhere in every church. That's the essence of spiritual leadership, to know the truth, teach the truth, live the truth, then encourage others to do the same. No church has enough leaders. Our church could certainly use more. But are you growing in your knowledge of God's truth? Are you teaching it while simultaneously living it out? That's how a leader grows and develops and becomes a leader in the church. None of us is perfect. But when there is sin in your life that is out of step with what we believe and teach, are you dealing with it biblically? This is what the church needs so the gospel can advance and people can be redeemed from this lost, cursed world. Will you step up to the need and become a spiritual father? I hope you'll consider that, and I hope you'll find a way in which you can serve in our church. If you found this devotional helpful, and you didn't receive it in your email this morning, maybe you should sign up by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe, and you'll receive these every day in your email. Also, I'm looking for some financial support, so you could go to dailypbj.com slash support if you'd like to do that. Finally, please share this message with others who might find it helpful in their own spiritual lives. May God bless you. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.